This is the first week in February, and it's Super Bowl week. The Kansas City Chiefs are playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at home for the Super Bowl, the first time that has ever happened. This should be an epic game, and yet it's going to be a year like we've never seen before because it's happening during the disruption. Some people, in fact, our guest today is saying this is going to be the worst Super Bowl ever. Hi, I'm Steve, and you're listening to Ministry During the Disruption. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Steve Tamayo, and joining me on today's show is our senior Tom Brady correspondent, Kyle Lee. Welcome to the show, Kyle. Hey, how you doing, Steve? <laughs> I, I'm so glad that you are here for this episode. Uh, this is a pretty special week. Yeah, it's the week of the National Football League Super Bowl, which I, I mean, I love. I'm very excited for. Okay, so... Not everybody listening to this is a sports fan, and you don't need to be in order to get something out of this episode. But Kyle, explain to us what the Super Bowl is. Talk to us like we've never heard about it before. Right. So in the National Football League, the professional sports league that plays American football, they, we have a championship game called the Super Bowl. It occurs every year on the first or second Sunday of February. This is the 55th iteration of the Super Bowl. The first was played in 1967, and it's not just, you know, just like a big game, but it's a pretty, you know, large cultural moment in America. Everybody stops and watches the game, even if you don't care, you have big parties, all that sort of stuff. Big, 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 big deal. Yeah, actually, I remember reading a statistic once that halftime at the Super Bowl is the time in the year in the United States when there are the most toilet flushes in the whole year. I don't know who measures that, uh, you know, some poor graduate student. If you're a grad student listening to this, I'm sorry if you have to do research like that. But the first Super Bowl, 1967, was played between who? The Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs, who are coincidentally playing this year. Oh, fantastic. All right. And they're playing against your favorite team, Steve. I grew up in Tampa. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the team that I grew up cheering for. And give us a couple of hooks to help us understand what's interesting about these teams. What, what is it about that makes this particular matchup interesting? Right. So first, we have the Chiefs. They have the best quarterback in the league. He's young. He's 25 years old. His name's Patrick Mahomes. And he's trying to win back-to-back -back championships for the first time um, no one's won a back-to-back -back championship since 2003 and 2004 when the New England Patriots did it, and, and they were quarterbacked by Tom Brady, who's now playing for the Buccaneers. Okay, so Tom Brady had a, like a whole career's worth of football that he played for the, the New England Patriots. My favorite team. Your favorite team. And, and then he left New England this year to move to sunny Tampa Bay. The Bucks were the Bucks pretty good when Brady came on. Like uh, inquiring I, minds want to know. Well, so if you if you really like football, you knew sneakily that the, that the Buccaneers were really rather good. So getting Tom Brady launched them into being really really good. However, for the last 18, 20 years or so, they haven't been that great. They they haven't had that much success. 
So big turnaround. Yeah, so it's a big turnaround. And so it, it makes it this really interesting question. Mahomes versus Brady, you know, the Bucks who were terrible last year versus the Chiefs who won everything last year. It, you know, there's, there's this storyline that's happening. You, you've described it really well to me before. Right. I mean, it, it's the old versus the young. Brady is 43 years old, and most people, most athletic peaks end around age 30. And here he is at 43, being still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And Mahomes, again, is 25. Like, Mahomes was watching Brady win Super Bowls when he was a baby, right? Like, this is pretty crazy. Um, and most consider Tom Brady to be the greatest quarterback of all time, or at least the most accomplished. And a lot of people think Mahomes is the best, is going to become the best quarterback of all time. So it's this huge, huge, uh, clash of titans, so to speak, to think about a really terrible movie from back in the day. <laughs> so as is our new tradition here on Ministry During the Disruption, Kyle, I want to ask you for your take. What's your take on this year's Super Bowl? Okay. So I'm normally a big fan of the Super Bowl and I'm a big fan of football in general, but I will, We'll have to say, I think this is the worst Super Bowl ever. What? Right? Yes, it's the worst Super Bowl ever. Why? What's the best part of the Super Bowl for most people, especially people who don't care about football, is watching with other people, right? And if we were to watch with other people, we're going to be putting other people's lives severely at risk, right? We can't watch with people, the people we do have to watch with. We've been spending hundreds of hours with them locked in our house and we can't even leave with them. All the funny commercials that normally come on, like how can you make a funny commercial right now in the midst of pandemic? Like we're just going to see all these like little things about Zoom calls and stuff. Like people are dying. Like how is Doritos and like Tide? How, 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 how are they going to make a good commercial. And when they make a funny commercial, we're going to be like, how dare you make a funny commercial? People are dying. It's a pandemic. Right. So you're expecting a lot of like slow violin, make you cry commercials. Yeah. Like that's, that's no fun. Like, like how is that supposed to like that? Most of people are only watching the Super Bowl just for the commercials. And for those of us who are watching for football, the, the, the underdog of this scenario, the, per the people who are favored, not favored to win is Tom Brady. Super Bowl model wife Tom Brady, who drives Lamborghinis and Aston Martins for fun. Like, that's not, that's not an underdog. <laughs> so you're saying this is the worst Super Bowl ever? Yeah, I mean, like, all those factors add up to me. Like, this is probably the worst Super Bowl ever. Like, the other games have maybe have turned out to be bad, but this game already going in. Like, how we don't have any of the fun parts of it. And, I mean, I'm still going to watch it, but, like, <laughs> it just seems so bad. It just seems so bad. So Kyle, I hear your take, and at this point, I disagree with you. I disagree with you for a number of reasons. First, I am from Tampa Bay, and my team is in the game. Now, I know that's not true for everybody, but looking around Tampa Bay, driving around Tampa Bay, people are waving their Buccaneer flags. People are enthusiastic about the game. I'm getting text messages from friends around the country who are Bucks fans or know that I'm a Bucks fan. You and I were texting during the last playoff game because you were excited on my behalf that my team was going to the Super Bowl. And I'm finding that those human connections, even if we're not going to be able to watch the game it together in person, 
I'm going to be connected with my cousins, with my family, with my friends, with people all over Tampa Bay, all over the world are going to have this touch point of connection when the game happens. And yes, I won't be able to drop 20 grand and go to the game in person. And yes, I won't be able to watch it with all of my friends. And yes, it won't be the game that I wanted it to be. But it reminds me of one of my favorite Bible verses that reads, bad pizza is still pizza. <laughs> well, okay. That's the, not actually a Bible verse. Yeah, all right. record, okay. No Bible verse actually mentions pizza. I mean, maybe it's like bad ma- bad manna from heaven is still manna from heaven, but like definitely, definitely not in the ground of pizza. And okay, I mean, I do I do hear that, right? Like, I I think one of the things that is interesting about the pandemic is that because we're we have ha- have been forced to connect with people online and uh, so much and through Zoom and through all these other things, I think in some ways we have learned a new way of connection, especially for people who are not used to connecting in online and digital spaces. So I do think that's pretty huge. Like I've, I've been chatting with lots more of my friends about the sports in general and having takes and talking about it. And we've just kind of built in those rhythms. That's really, that's re- really is exciting. I will say I am really upset that I won't be able to like share my like sp- the same physical space with people and watch, watch and eat together and chat and react in real time. And like watching things on zoom, there's just things lost. And like there's uh, even, even if bad pizza is still pizza and I really like pizza and I will, I'm pretty much would eat pizza almost every day of my life. I, I'm a New Yorker. I still like good pizza, right? Like, and, and pizza anywhere else in the country to me is generally bad pizza. And I'd, I'd rather just have good New York pizza. And I'm still sad that I don't get the proverbial New York pizza of being able to eat with and share time with everybody else. So what you're saying is that bad pizza is still bad. Yes, it's still bad. It's still bad pizza. Like, and I think you're getting tripped up on the the thin crust, deep dish. You know, all the the pizza analogy. <laughs> but but here here's what I'm hearing you saying, Kyle. It, you tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, that there's this tension, like it, it, that this thing it it might be the worst Super Bowl ever, but it's not terrible through and through that there's still some good how would you articulate that tension well okay so if i think back to just life in general and in the midst and doing ministry and doing working in a varsity being lots of things like over the last year so many terrible things and so many good things have happened right like obviously the world is in pandemic there's been some crazy protests there's been like lives lives lots of lives we can see on public have been lost that's terrible I also got married in the last year. That was great, right? Uh, we moved into a new place. We got some new furniture, stuff like that. Like uh, moving in together, starting our lives together. That's been great. Uh, I on a on a more football sense, I root for the Patriots. They were terrible this year. That was bad. Uh, watching the Buccaneers has been really fun. I really liked them. I like Tom Brady. That's been good. I think there's that. Yeah, we're, we're sitting in the tension of like of the, of things being good and bad at the same time. And I think a lot of times it's when, when, when you ask, hey, how's life going, right? But you say, oh, it's good or it's going bad. Most of the time we say it's good or like it's fine. But I, I think, I think both those things, we don't, we're not necessarily comfortable sitting in the space where both are true, right? Where life is good and bad at the same time. So I don't know if that's clean, but that's, that's how I would explain it. Well, and, and I think as we, as we, as we figure out ministry during the disruption, 
holding on to that tension, I mean, it's so incredibly difficult to do because we want to like focus on the silver lining and, and, and convince ourselves that this is great. Or we want to just lament and grieve and, and we, we need space for that. And to do both at the same time, uh, to have both joy and grief is incredibly challenging, uh, incredibly difficult and incredibly necessary. Yeah. Right, right. I, I, I think I would be in a, I would be a, in a lot worse spot if I didn't take time in my daily life to like really just be upset about everything that's going on. Right. I, I also have been finding, and I think lots of people have been finding, if you're just trying, if you're just upset all the time in, in the la over the last year, like th that, that sucks. That's terrible. Like I can't do that. I, I can't be upset the entire time. Um, so finding those, those good moments. Are, it's also really important, especially for my own emotional and mental health. Well, and I, I think I see this tendency in myself, and I've seen it around campus ministry over the last year, That, it, but I've seen it mostly in myself, where I have these expectations, and I have these standards, and if I'm not going to be able to meet them, I kind of don't want to play. Right. I'm like, I'm like, I will feel like I failed if I try to do this thing, if I try to do new student outreach, if I try to write a large group talk, if I try to lead a small group and it doesn't meet my expectations, there's a part of me that wants to say, I'm going to take my football and I'm going to go home. And I've been so moved in the midst of this disruption by my colleagues on staff with InterVarsity, by faculty, by volunteers, by student leaders who have been willing to say bad pizza is still pizza, who have been willing to say it's not the game I wanted, it's not the game I hoped for, but it's the game that's happening and I'm going to play it. And I realize that sounds a little bit like youth pastor says. So, you know, please hear that I, I, I get the tension, but moving forward in that, it's just so important right now. And I think, I think, there are two things that are true. Moving forward and, and understanding that there are still good things to be seen in this world. Like when, I mean, if we're going to use big picture, like when God looked at the earth and saw we were all sinners, right? He still decided that good can be, can happen in the midst of everything that's going on, right? And he disrupted all that pattern and, and gave us a chance to be, to have good because he died on the cross, right? But he's also, but it's not like Jesus was like, everybody's so good. I'm going to go in there and die for them anyway. He was like, oh, nope, it's bad. <laughs> and I'm going to go in there and, and recognize the bad and bring out good at the same time. Understanding that bad pizza is bad and it's still pizza. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah, our well, and, and this is And this is, as a theologian, this is one of the things that I think is incredibly important for us, is that you can have both of those poles active at the same time. You can have evil and you can have good. You can have ugliness and you can have beauty and they can both be present. I think the temptation for us theologically is to an attempt to compromise and to, and to say, you know, oh, you know, it's a little bit good. It's a little bit bad. Like, no, it's both, it's both bad and good. The cross that Jesus died on, the cross of Christ is both the most beautiful moment in history and the most terrible moment in history. It's both evil and good at the same time. It doesn't become somehow only good. It's an evil thing to kill an innocent man. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's an evil thing to kill the perfect, spotless, 
lamb of God slash God himself. That's pretty bad. Yeah. 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 And, and yet it's the, it's the thing that has brought grace and mercy and goodness and redemption and reconciliation and justice into my life. And, and so I look at that cross and like, that's the best. It's the best, right? It's the best Super Bowl ever. And it's the worst Super Bowl ever. I think campus ministry is full of these Super Bowl moments where, you know, we're new student outreach, you know, it's our Super Bowl or our kind of summer camp or our first large group or our first small group. But we feel like we're generating all of this energy and momentum for this moment. And then when it doesn't go the way we hoped it would go, it doesn't look the way we hoped it would look, it can be so incredibly discouraging. And if we go to denial on one hand, then we end up burying our emotions in unhealthy ways. If on the other hand, uh, you know, we, we just wallow in the badness of it, uh, we miss out on the good things that are also happening. This makes me think of like, the ways that there's been plenty, you know, Tom Brady going back to the Super Bowl. He's, he's been in the Super Bowl so many times now. This is his 10th Super Bowl. Um, but there, there's an article maybe last year or two years ago where they were talking about how the way he approaches it and how he prepares for it. And he's preparing for the Super Bowl all year round. He's not just preparing for it the last two weeks. He's preparing for it all year round and, and putting his, his diet, his, his habits, all of his little work, work pieces, every little aspect of his life is built around getting to this game, playing in this game. And, but it doesn't always, Go well. He's lost. He's lost. He's, he's lost three. He's won six. He could win, He could lose another one. Right. He could win another one. But what he's doing is setting himself up to su- for success. When he gets to that Super Bowl moment, he can set himself up for success. Right. And I think that one of the ways we can set ourselves up for success in this way in this way is to help is to understand that tension and sit with that tension of between the good and the bad and sit with that with Christ because that's because only Jesus can if can help us sit in that tension and actually. Good and goodness to, can come out of it. Otherwise, we're gonna we can just get filled ripped apart. I think. Yeah, faithfulness is success for us. We don't control the outcomes. We influence them, but we don't control them. Ultimately, we're in the midst of a time where there's just stuff that is beyond our control. Uh, what we can control is our faithful input, our faithful effort. You know, do, do we pray? Do we show up? Do we reach out? Do we think? Do we plan? Do we do the best that we're able to in that moment? And when we do that, we've been faithful. And according to God's definition of ministry success, we've been a success. Now, sometimes we get way more people engaged or way better ministry fruit than we expected. Sometimes we get worse. We don't control the outcomes. Right. And also, are we faithful to embrace who we are, which is a limited human being who can't do everything, can't save the world, can't stop the pandemic single-handedly, like we're, and we can't save everybody, give everybody the vaccine. We can't do all those things. But what we can control are some of those things and resting well, investing in people and time, all those things you laid out. Yeah. And in some small way, that's what it's going to be like for me watching the Super Bowl. I'm going to coach Tom Brady through my television. I'm going to scream and cheer on my team. I'm going to do all of these inputs. And, and in a way, none of that can change what happens on the field. But that's part of being a fan. It's part of being engaged. <laughs> yeah, as much as we like to think all of our fan fandom, like weird tricks and rituals help things, it- doesn't matter. Yeah. My, my lucky underwear, so to speak, doesn't help, doesn't help Tom Brady throw a football. 
<laughs> hey, Kyle, thanks so much for contributing a hot take that helps us to have a good conversation. Uh, tell us, if people want to uh, stay connected with the podcast, what should they do? Well, they should follow us on social media. We're going to have Instagram, Twitter, all those types of things. You can follow us on there. You could also comment on those spaces and say, and give us your take on the Super Bowl or, I mean, really anything. Anything could be, you could take a take on how, on anything, and especially if you could relate it somehow to ministry during the disruption. Um, you can follow me on social media too, at Kyle Burton Lee. You can rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. And, um, if we have any sponsors, you can check out our sponsors too and let them know you came from us. Because then if you do that, they'll know that you listen to us. And that's really helpful. Well, with that, here's a word from our sponsor. If you've ever had someone randomly ask you, what are you? Because of your mixed ethnicity, the Mixed Blessing Podcast is for you. If you've ever wondered to yourself, because of your multi-ethnic heritage, what am I? Then this podcast is for you too. And if you want to hear more about how our brown Middle Eastern savior also had a mixed heritage, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe now to the Mixed Blessing Podcast, a podcast by, for, and about multi-ethnic folks. And honestly, if you've ever asked someone else, what are you, before, this podcast could be helpful to you too. Come listen and learn. Come listen and learn.